0: So almost 4 years ago now, Andy and I got married. But before you get married, you have to plan a wedding. <laughs> and this was a super busy time in our lives. Andy was about, about to graduate college and he was about to commission into the into the military and he was doing an internship and there was just all this stuff, so there's this added stress that came into planning this wedding. And so if you know anything about that, you have to pick a location. You have to change the location tons of times because it falls through. You have to pick a date, and you probably have to change that date based on the location changes 100 times. And then you have to probably change the date, again, based on the photographer that you pick, and the caterer, and the dresses, and even little things like the seating chart, which I can tell you is no fun at all (laughs) to work on. (laughs) It's probably the worst part. But another funny little thing that I made Adam, who did our wedding, um, change was the word solemn that comes in the ceremony. It seems like a small detail, but that word solemn is actually in a ceremony so many times. It's a good word. I mean, it means something like serious and important, but it also means not cheerful, not smiling. You know, it means like be serious. And that's not what a wedding's about. So, I just I kind of cringe every time I hear that word. <laughs> it's like, Adam, I'm sorry, but you got to take it all out <laughs> completely. <laughs> But, you know, this, like, planning a wedding makes, it's even more difficult because, like, most of us aren't event planners, and then all of a sudden we get thrown into planning what's one of the biggest events we'll probably ever have to plan. <laughs> so there's just all of this stress, but then I think about it, and it's just so funny, because we could have saved ourselves so much stress and time by just eloping. <laughs> it's even more ironic, because the things I did plan, I don't even... I, don't even, I honestly don't remember a lot of that day. Like, people were telling me afterwards little things that, like, little hiccups or uh, things that went well that I planned, things like that. I'm like, well, great. Like, I don't remember. I don't even remember what cake we had. You know, things like that. <laughs> How ironic. But the fact that we could have just eloped and that the same thing would have happened, right? Like, it all just comes down to I do. And that union between Andy and I is is just there all of a sudden. So if you've been married you probably know just how shocked you are that suddenly, even though just hours before, you're sitting there at the reception and you're, you're shocked, like, what just happened? You know, you're shocked by this union that has been formed you know, so suddenly. And even if you've just been to a wedding, you probably realize that the reception that comes after the ceremony is really just to give the bride and groom who are shocked a chance to process <laughs> everything that just happened. <laughs> so let's go ahead and pray, and then I'll tell you guys how this all fits in today. Jesus, I just thank you that you're here with us. I just pray that you would teach us today. You would teach each and every one of us um, what this word euangelion means for us in our lives and just how much you're here with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we've been in the series euangelion for the past few weeks, and our goal is to talk about this word euangelion and to actually elevate it to such a high standard that we realize just how great God is in our lives and make it the word so great that we don't want to refuse it. And so just to recap, we actually have a definition that we've been using for this word. And I'll go ahead and go over it really fast. It's long. You ready? The incredible, awesome, amazing, stupendously great, and powerful news that you are in union with Christ. You are loved, forgiven, accepted, holy, righteous, dead to sin, new, and royal. <laughs> I feel like the auctioneer. Here we go. <laughs> and this week we're actually going to be talking about our union with Jesus. And much like my story that I mentioned, you know, how a wedding is a celebration of a new union that's been formed, Um, when we say yes to Jesus, we can now celebrate that new union of being wedded to Jesus. And through this series, we've already talked about the words forgiven, loved, and saved. And when we realize that we are loved and we are forgiven, and we choose to say yes to Jesus and are saved, then we join into this new union that Christ has to offer us. So to start today, I want everyone to go ahead and close their eyes, and I will tell you when to open them. I'll make it very clear when it's time to open them. So just keep your eyes closed. Uh, I want you to ask yourself, where is God? Get a picture in your mind of where God is, just for a moment. You might see him in a specific place. See that place if that's what you're seeing. Do you see him far off in the clouds? Do you see him with a specific person? Do you see him near you even? Just get that picture. And keeping your eyes closed, I have good news for you. God is in you, and you are in him. See if you can try to imagine that. He's not hiding behind the clouds, and we need to demolish that idea that there's ever a distance between us and God, because you are in perfect union with him. You can open your eyes now. So if you pictured anything other than that, that union of you and him and him and you, we're actually going to try to change that picture that we have today, so that moving forward we can better understand this union that we have. So let's go ahead and look at what the scripture says about union and see if we can get a better understanding and picture. John 15, starting in verse 4, says, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. You must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. It says the words, I have spoken over you, have already cleansed you. If you notice, there's no action verbs in there that talk about you. (laughs) All of the action verbs in that talk about God's actions that speak over you that cleanse you. You are already cleansed because of God's actions, not your own. Um, Also, that last line in this verse, um, talking about how we won't be fruitful if we don't stay joined with him, I think it's important to mention that that's not a threat. That's not God saying that he would ever leave us. But we're actually going to unpack what this means today. It really just means, it just shows us the power of that union that we do have with Christ. You know, you could say to yourself, I just don't feel it. You know, I'm not not feeling in union. I just, I feel like God's distant. I'm just not feeling it today. But the good news is, that doesn't matter. (laughs) Because we can't let our feelings get in the way of our faith. You know, Jesus said that we are the branch. It's in scripture. So we have to start believing it. You know, we have these momentary earthly feelings sometimes that try to trick us. But we have to start realizing in the moment that those are earthly things and they're not the reality. You know, I mentioned a second ago that everything is God's actions, not, not something that we have to do. So if we, fe- if we don't feel it in a given moment, that doesn't matter. You know, God has already agreed to join in with you before you were even born. He has agreed to join with you. And if you have accepted Jesus, those feelings won't change that union that you will always have with God. And even if we, don't, or even, even if we do have these feelings that need to be gotten rid of, um, those feelings do not change reality. And Tyler reminded me this week that I am a Liberty student, meaning that I go to Liberty University. I'm a graduate student. And if you know Liberty University, it's actually in Virginia. So I am an online student. And I don't, since I'm online, I don't get the opportunity to participate in student life, meaning I don't get to go to the football games, sporting events, you know, I don't get to meet my professors in person or make connections with my fellow students, you know, things like that. And I really began to feel this. This past fall, when I actually got to go to Liberty for a two-week intensive. So I was there for two weeks taking class. And after class every day, you day, I'm a student, so I get to participate in everything else that the students get to participate in for free. Because I have my student card, you know. And <laughs> so Liberty is actually surrounded by the Blue Ridge Mountains. Like huge mountain range, like hiking. Students can go full-on hiking on the weekends. So that's amazing that they get to do. And because they're on the mountains, they actually have a year-round snowboarding, tubing thing for students that they can do year-round. So I, I go, it's raining, pouring rain. It's like 9 o'clock at night. It's my last day there. I'm exhausted. I've been there for two weeks. Pouring rain. And I go, please, I'm out of town. I am a student. Here's my card. <laughs> can I please go tubing? <laughs> they're like, well, it's actually really dangerous right now because it's pouring. And we probably shouldn't. But I'm like, please, no, I'm a student. So <laughs> they opened it and I got to go tubing. And of course, I like went off the track all the way. And they're like, oh, no, you shouldn't do it again. But guys, I was a student and I got to do it. So I was so excited. <laughs> Even more than that, if you know me at all, this is probably the most important, in their dining hall, for, they have a dessert thing like most dining halls have. But if you know Cold Stone Creamery at all, like they give, they make your ice cream in front of you and mix stuff in. They have a Cold Stone Creamery type thing inside of the dining hall. Like that's important, you guys. <laughs> and so when I left and I didn't get all of, I didn't get to participate anymore. You know, I didn't have that access to Liberty. And so now I don't feel like a student. You know, I just get all the boring stuff, like the homework. You know, I don't even get to see people. It's so sad. But I didn't get to partake in those things that all of the students did. But just like this, we can't argue about our status of our union with God. It just is. Right. Romans 6.5 says that we have been united with Jesus in his death. And we are also united with him in his resurrection. You guys, we're literally, like, planted with Jesus. Like, this is the best definition of union that there is a seed is planted one single seed is planted and outgrows one single thing it's not fragments that come out you know that are disconnected it's one thing that pops out of the soil we are born together with jesus we're literally in full union because we were planted with him when he when he died and resurrected they are combined to be one whole not fragments and nothing can change that you know, we, we could never be separated from God, even if your feelings try to trick you into believing so. And you could also be saying to yourself, well, I'm struggling to produce fruit. I also have good news for you. Stop struggling. See, <laughs> as simple as that. You know, a tree it doesn't strive to produce fruit on its own. It's just the nature of the tree to produce fruit. Like an apple tree is planted, it grows, and fruit appears, <laughs> right? Like, it doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to worry about that. It's just its nature. Sure, a tree has to get water and it has to get sunlight, but it's not its actions to get those things. It can't water itself. Right. It can't bring the sun out, right? It's not its actions. Yeah. So like I mentioned ago, it's not you who cleansed you, but it's God who cleansed you. So it's not your job to produce fruit in your life, just to bear it. And you can depend on him to do so, too. We can have that confidence in him. And honestly, we're hindering the process of producing fruit in our life when we try to do it on our own strength. You know, this is actually what Jesus meant in that verse I was just talking about before when he says that we'll be fruitless if we don't stay in union with him. But let's keep reading in John 15, 5 to see what else he says. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me or have union with me, as in other translations, and I in them will bear much fruit, for you can do nothing without me. So again, Jesus won't break off his union to us. He's the vine and we are the branches. That's like an accomplished fact. You, fact. you can't argue with it. It says it right there. It's a fact. <laughs> You're already in Christ. And because of this union, we're actually able to call ourselves all of the other words that we've talked about in this series. And so far, we are loved because of our union in him. We are forgiven because of this union. And we are saved because of this same union. We are the branches that are connected to the vine. And so the vine shares his characteristics with the branches. They're connected and they grow from the vine. Like branches get all of their nutrients from the vine and from the soil. So we also get our nutrients and our characteristics from Jesus. So because of that, these two things, the vine and the branches, can't be understood in isolation from one another. You know, a vine without its branches isn't a vine. Uh, a, A branch is without, not connected to a vine. It's probably just a stick. Yeah. Like, it's not even the word branch anymore, right? Like, <laughs> you know, this means that our lives can't be understood in isolation from Jesus either. Like, we can't, we can't produce fruit. We can't live. We can't grow apart from Jesus. But it's important that it's not our choice to, st- to stay connected or not. It's not, it's not our choice to, to do that. Um, it's God will always be connected to us. It isn't something that changes you're just connected. And that's why it's so vital to understand this union that we have with God and that we'll always, always have. You know, we're so greatly blessed by this union that we can, so we can share in his life now because we're connected, right? Um, Since every single part of the branch touches every single part of the vine, when someone touches you, they're touching Jesus, so at the end of services, we have um, a ministry line. If you've, if you've been here, you've seen that. And so when I'm down here praying for people, um, it's, not, it's not my own ability that I'm, I'm praying for. Like how silly would it sound if I'm like, I'm a superhero and it's my talent that I am healing people down here. Like that's, that's silly. That's ridiculous, right? It's only because I am in union with Jesus that people can be healed. And when, I, when I'm giving a prophetic word for somebody, like, I'm going to be honest with you, half the time I don't even know what I'm going to say. And why is that? Because it's, it's the union that I have with God that brings those words forth. So when we realize that we are the branches and we're fully connected to the vine, we can understand that it's our hands, it's Jesus' hands through us being laid on people. It's Jesus' mouth being used through us to speak into other people's lives. So I choose to partner with God when when I'm down here. For instance, that's a good example. Um, I choose to partner with God so that those miracles can be can be seen. I have access to everything that Jesus has for me. In John fourteen twenty, um, Jesus is actually about to ascend to heaven. And the disciples, even with Jesus around, they're always messing up. So, of course, they're worried because now Jesus is leaving them. And they're like, well, how are we going to survive without you? We can't even really survive with you here. So so they're all worried and they're freaking out about what's going to happen to them. And Jesus says, in that moment, you will know absolutely that I'm in my Father and you're in me and I'm in you. You know, our union with Christ is actually an earthly picture of the spiritual union that we have. So, like, what are some things that you hate to do? (laughs) Mine would be the dentist. (laughs) Um, That's my own personal version of hell, which is biblical because it says they'll be weeping and gnashing his teeth. (laughs) Well, it's fine. (laughs) Maybe you hate to drive in traffic or drive in snow. Whatever it is for you, Jesus has to suffer through that stuff with you. Like, he doesn't just leave you through the mundane stuff in life, right? So, you know, many of you know that Last year, Andy was deployed for about 11 months unexpectedly. Like, that's a a year of stuff that we had no idea was going to happen. And since our marriage is an earthly union, that was an interesting year. (laughs) You know, obviously the distance itself couldn't affect that union, but it did hinder it. For instance, like, he was eight hours ahead of me in the Middle East. So um, we really only had about two to three hours a day that we could really talk to each other. And of those two to three hours that he wasn't working or sleeping, it was my busiest part of the day. It was from 12 to 2, right, when I'm most productive and, you know, it's just great timing, right? So we found that we couldn't really talk. We, ha- we couldn't really have undistracted conversations very often unless it was very thought out and planned and we moved stuff around. And so, like, those little things in life that happen to you on a day-to-day basis that seem small but they're you just want to tell somebody, things like, oh, somebody ran a red light today and almost hit me. Like You want to tell people that? Or I was in the drive-thru line at Starbucks and somebody paid for my coffee. How awesome. Like, you don't keep stuff like that to yourself, even though it seems little at the, like, later on. So at first, like, these things would happen to me while Andy was sleeping. So at first I tried to write them all down in my notes, in my notes on my phone, and just planned to tell him the next day. But then after a while, those things just started piling up. And then you're looking at them and you're like, well, these are small things, like, he seems silly. I don't need to tell you now, two weeks later, you know. So, like, those things that you just want to tell people, you want to text them right after, or you want to tell them when they get home, I was finding that I couldn't do that with Andy because we didn't always have access to one another. Wow, but with God, he's always with you because he lives in you and you live in him. We always have access to him. Yeah, and when you're in those situations that you hate, <laughs> like going to the dentist, you can be sure that he's with you and he hasn't abandoned you. And when you choose to take a risk, risk for your faith, like when you're praying for somebody, you can have confidence that he's with you because you have all of the characteristics that Jesus has when you choose to partner with him. And some people believe that God leaves us sometimes, you know, that it's our own performance or a lack of performance that will determine if God's with us or not, right? Like they believe that God loves us, but that he's also angry with us. <laughs> that our, if our behavior is not good, that he'll turn away from us but that belief is actually a spirit of religion trying to confuse God's children. If you remember from earlier, all of these verses and examples that I've talked about are all about God's actions, right? Like they're never our own. So why would he leave us if we did something wrong? <laughs> so think about it like this. If, if it was truly based on performance, let's just pretend for a second, but it's not. <laughs> if it was truly based on performance, God would never be with us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even on our good days, We're messing up so many times. Like, I'm messing up so many times. I'll I'll put it on me. Messing up so many times. So if if it were based on performance, we would never have God with us. Like, that just seems so silly when you think about it like that. So that can't be the case. So God is not bipolar. He's not mad at you in one second and then the next second he loves you. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. He doesn't get mad at us and choose to break our union with him if we mess up. We talked in a previous week about how sin has lost all of its power in our lives. He forgave every sin when he died on the cross in that moment. And then when we said yes to him, every sin is forgiven. So of course he's not going to leave you when you mess up. Sin doesn't separate us because we've already been forgiven for all of those things. And when we do sin, Jesus doesn't just decide to chop off a part of his body and separate us from him, right? Instead, we stay attached to the the vine forever. And here's some proof of that. In 1 Corinthians 6, it says, You know that your bodies are are parts of the body of Christ. The scripture says, quite plainly, the two will become one body. But he who joins himself, our actions, he who joins himself to the Lord becomes spiritually one with him. You know, stupid stuff that we do pretty much on a daily basis um, could never separate our union with God. It's unbreakable. It actually just shows how strong Jesus' commitment is to us that he will never leave us no matter what. You no, know, nothing depends on what you do. That would make our faith and our salvation dependent on performance and works. And we've already talked about how that's not possible. So we're not a motel or like a rental property that God decides to just pick up and leave, you know, whenever he's mad at us. Oh, I'm mad now. I'm going to leave. No, we are actually a house, a permanent home, a house that was purchased. He will not leave us. Nothing can change it. But I think a lot of us are still stuck in this religious mindset that if we're good, God's near. And if we're bad, he goes on to somebody else. But actually this mindset completely diminishes the cross and everything he's already done for us. Our union with Christ is actually what separates us from the people in the Old Testament. We have it so much better than those people who lived before the cross. Because when they messed up, they were cut off from God. They had to do something to make it right, to get back into union with him. They had to do something. But that's the past, and that was before the cross. And God wants us to fully recognize the life that we can now have in him when we choose to do so. You know, he sent the Holy Spirit to literally bind us in union with him. We're never cut off from God, and that needs to be left in that past. The thinking of that needs to be left in the past. Before you were baptized, you did look like the people in the Old Testament, yes. I'll give you that. But after you were baptized, you came out looking like Jesus and you were connected to the vine forever. Yeah. And so for those of you who haven't said yes to Jesus yet or haven't been baptized, just think about it right now. Ask God if that's something that he's calling you to. See if your heart's being stirred for that. And if you are feeling like God's calling you to get baptized, lucky for you, we're having baptisms on Easter this year. Like. What an epic way to get baptized on Easter. (laughs) It's awesome. So if you are feeling that calling, you can either talk to Adam about baptisms or you can come up for prayer after service. Um, That would be awesome. If you have any questions or you just want prayer for that, um, you're wondering what God's doing in your life, and we, we would love to pray for you about that at the end. But when we are baptized, we come out looking like Jesus and we're connected to the vine forever. You know, Paul Ellis says that you don't need to have everything figured out in order to benefit from this. Yeah. We're simply given access to everything that God has because we're connected and in a union with Him. Have you ever heard of an internship opportunity where they required you to have experience before you could get the internship? Like, it, honestly, it happens all the time. It's kind of crazy. So, if, I was just talking about my online degree, and I have to have an internship in order to graduate. So, before I can even graduate and get a job with this degree, I have to get an internship. I'm looking into the internships. And I realize I need experience to get it. Like, what? How? <laughs> I, I'm in school. I don't, I, I don't have experience. I'm just in classes. Um, how is that possible? You know, how ridiculous does that sound? That's because it is ridiculous. <laughs> and God's not like that, because that would also be ridiculous. You know, last week, last week, Adam even mentioned this list that all Christians think that they need to follow in order to be saved and continue to be saved. They think that they need to do all of this awesome stuff to get God excited about us. That He, he would He'd see how special we are, and he would just keep coming back to us. Wow. They think that we keep having to do things in order to keep that union. But, you know, all of these things that we do, uh, all of these things I just mentioned, those, those are false. God does not require us to have experience or to have anything figured out in order to be in this union with him. Right. Or to have access to him. Or even to have confidence in the fact that he won't leave us. Earlier I talked about how my own wedding parallels a um, a marriage union. And I also talked about how the party after the ceremony uh, is to celebrate that union, right? And so Luke 15, 7 says that there is so much joy in heaven when someone comes and says yes to Jesus. Like they throw a party in heaven just like a wedding reception to celebrate a new union that's been formed. Scripture also says what God has joined together let no man separate." You know, Jesus won't ever divorce us or leave us, ever. We are not his fiancé, we're his bride. It says we are his bride. He's coming back for his bride. And so when you said yes to him, we are already married to him and in union with him. John fifteen seven says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Like I said earlier, all of the branches is connected to all of the vine. You have access to everything that Jesus is. So let's start acting like that. Let's start seeing the benefits in our life when we, when we begin to tap into what God has for us and we truly start living as a branch that's fully connected to the vine. Wow. And so to end today, I'd love everyone to stand up so I can pray over you. If you're comfortable, put, hand, put your hands out in front of you to receive. So Jesus, I just thank you for each and every person in this room. I just break off a spirit of performance, the feeling that we have to do something, the feeling that we have, to be, we have to be good, we have to be great, we have to do special things to make God excited about us. I break that off in Jesus' name, and I replace that with just a spirit of peace and just the ability to rest in who we are in God. I pray that we each and every one of us would live from that place of union, having full access to what Jesus has for us. I pray for all hearts and minds to be open, so that we can enter into a perfect union with God. I thank you that you're here and that you're moving. And I just pray for um, a com- complete release over um, ties of things binding people down in this, in this spiritual mindset. I pray for a complete release and uh, freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do one more worship song if you want to stay standing.